Hi, everybody. Hi. I'm your host, <laughs> Cicely Joy, and I have Kalina Michelle here. Hey, Kalina. Hey. Hey, girl. <laughs> so, we've been watching a couple of things. What you been yes. watching? What have I been watching? Um, lots of different things. Um, I tried... Like you guys, um, I tried really hard to like that Cabinet of Curiosities things on Netflix. Um, I tried really hard to like it. I watched the whole thing and I was left just like, I I want more. It was kind of not Del Toro's best work. I haven't. Yeah, you're right. Because he, first of all, he's, he was a producer. So we had overall, like, I guess the overall theme of what it is. Yeah, and I like how he was introducing everything on a like Alfred Hitchcock type thing, Mm -hmm. which was nice. But every director like kind of went in their own creative direction. And I felt like they lost, like people came to the series to watch it because of Del Toro's name. Yep. And the expectation of what Del Toro was able to do in past productions. And I think they really dropped the ball with having all these different directors. Now, did they all make something with a modicum of creepiness? Sure. But it just didn't ring true to a Benicio Del Toro. Is that his name? Is that his full name? Guillermo. (laughs) Guillermo Del Toro. I'm thinking the other guy. I'm thinking the actor. Sorry. Guillermo Del Toro's, um, his his overall vision of what he does with fantasy mm-hmm. and horror together. Um, so I've been watching that. What have you been watching? So I, I also watched the same. I actually was going to speak a little bit more on the series in the upcoming episode. So I'll save some of my opinion um, mm-hmm. for that. But you, you hit the mark um, a lot of it. I know I, I don't like when they use someone to grab the audience and it doesn't really hold true to their vision mm-hmm. he is not only um he's one of my favorite directors and writers and it's not necessarily that all his movies are hits but one they're visually stunning i i love kind of his you know he's one that i put in certain categories like tim burton like there's a very specific aesthetic to tim burton movies mm-hmm. there's a very specific aesthetic to even like uh in that Shyamalan. and mm-hmm. guillermo del toro has a very specific aesthetic that i enjoy and story-wise it can be hit or miss but usually it's interesting and it's something that hasn't been done so i'm going to watch it so I was excited about it. Um, but then when I realized, okay, he's not directing any, he didn't write any, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think maybe there was one that he may have had a little bit more hands on, but they were all over the place and some were okay. Yeah. Like they weren't bad, like, but they were the collection. Yeah. I think it was weak. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but, it was just a little weak. Yeah, but again, I'll probably uh, expound a little bit more on that. Um, something I just finished watching um, literally today was a Netflix series that came out probably just about a week or two ago called 1899. Oh, and, you finished it. I haven't finished it yet. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything because I, I, mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil anything, but... Um, what captured me about this show um, it reminds me of another show that I really 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 love called Dark it's a German show and this one is not necessarily German it's um, it's an international show which 
I will say this. Um, it's interesting. The show can be interesting on how you take it based on how you watch it. So in the show, um, it's about um, these passengers on a, um, the, what do they call it, a, a liner, a cruise liner or whatever in 18, mm-hmm. um, 1899 heading from England to America. And it's a um, international people. So you have British um, people, you have French, you have um, Polish, German, and, um, and even um, Chinese. And a lot of people, they don't speak each other's languages. And so the original, if you listen to it, how it originally is, it's in, it's in English, but everyone is speaking in their actual, uh, you know, um, native tongue and it's mm-hmm. subtitled. And seeing it that way and understanding that a lot of them can't don't understand each other like Mm -hmm. a lot of the characters when they interact they're not understanding each other it's different than if you see it dubbed which they offer it dubbed where you basically have everything in english and Mm. it takes away kind of that element of a lot of these people don't really know what they're saying to each other so how they act and how they react is a whole different experience, which I found that was interesting that they did that. And I kind of flipped back and forth between the two. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes like, you know, I had more patience to just read the subtitles and hear it at, in the original language. And other times I may have been doing other stuff. So I didn't want to sit there like reading, but I just wanted to hear it. And how I took those episodes were just kind of completely different. Amazing. So that's just a side. Um, this show is a slow burn, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, more of a mystery, um, which I love. Just kind of this, like, what is going on? And I think every episode kind of ends in a WTF kind of moment that throws mm-hmm. you off. Like, wait, what? <laughs> and, it, you know, not necessarily a cliffhanger, but just enough to get you curious to keep watching it. Because, like I said, it's a slow burn. So maybe the first episode, you may be like, what is this? I don't know. It's it's not moving fast enough, but I think I think you'll like it. Okay. No, I'm loving it already. I'm at episode three. I yes. can't wait to finish the series. Um, it's like you said, I, I knew that they gave you dubbing, um, but I refuse. Like, you know what messed up dubbing for me? <laughs> My husband's really into the old school kung fu movies. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to say And that. I only, when I first started watching any of the kung fu movies that maybe some of them came on late night TV or something like that, they were always dubbed in English. And I just kind of like, oh, this is like a joke. Like they're trying to make this like a joke and just action and all this stuff. But when you hear these actors speaking their own language, mm-hmm. it almost, like you said, it changes a bit of context too. It's oh, yeah. very interesting. Um, and, and, and you also perceive their nonverbal speaking differently. Yeah. Completely. When you hear it, even if you don't understand the language, you then have to go. It's kind of like when you don't have a sense, your other senses are heightened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what makes this show so far so good to me. And like you said, the slow burn, it lends itself to that slow burn because not only do the characters in, in the show not understand each other, but you don't understand anybody. Yeah. You, or or maybe just the English speaking people or or maybe just Spanish speaking people. You know what I'm saying? And I love that. I love it, love it, love it. I'm into it. And um 
I, I love a series like this coming out at a time like this. The, um, that dark series, mm-hmm. um, the same people that created that created yep. this. And it yeah. feels that way. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing I will say, just to kind of help you out, the later episodes, it, it feels like it doesn't matter if you do uh, watch it dubbed. I almost felt like they, I don't know why they did this, but maybe in the last, I'm just going to use two episodes, for example, um, I was watching it dubbed and it felt like, okay, they all can understand each other now. Like they were responding to each other as if they could understand each other, knowing, and me knowing that they're actually speaking like um, uh, one character speaking Cantonese to a Portuguese character and he's speaking mm-hmm. to her, and but they're, they, they're acting, um, their actions and their responses were like, they understood each other, which kind of was a little weird to me. And I don't know if maybe the circumstances of how they were communicating or when they were communicating kind of just, it, there was enough context for them to understand but I felt like <laughs> you know it, it kind of irked me because mm-hmm. I, I paid so much attention to that and I'm like wait all of a sudden you speak Cantonese now um, you know what's interesting about this is that I don't know why I'm I'm going on a really like higher thought kind of rant for a second of mm-hmm. this so I, I often think about, and I don't know why I randomly think about this, the Tower of Babel, the story of the Tower of Babel yeah. and how they were all, all these people from all walks of life were trying to build this, this tower to heaven because they just wanted to, they're trying to reach the heavens and see God and all this stuff. And in the process of doing so, the various languages, this is like a biblical type story. Um, the various languages started to appear and suddenly all the people that were at one point working together, um, suddenly they couldn't understand each other so they couldn't communicate and they stopped work on the tower, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was not that it suddenly happened, but like God and the celestial beings like created the languages so they could stop building this tower to heaven, right? Yeah. So... Instead of everybody fighting and getting all that, they just went their separate ways and went into their own camps. With a show like this, where everybody is thrown together and they're forced to stay together, they all had to fit. They all have to figure out how to communicate with each other when they literally don't speak the same languages. Yeah, yeah. When they don't write the same, and even when their body language. Their understanding of cultural body language and nonverbal communication is not the same. And eventually, you kind of have to come up with a way of communicating, right, in order to get anything done. And so it's almost like not a reverse Tower of Babel, but like, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of, it's, I find that very interesting. And that's what it was like the exact reverse where you're kind of forced to, um, I, I think it was just because it seems such an intentional thing to do to have such a um, diverse cast and to mm-hmm. be authentic that way, which I do appreciate for them to, to, it felt like it just was cast aside, like that language barrier was, was cast aside in the latter episodes. And 
Um, there could be a bigger explanation to it, which when you finish the series, you know, that may be a bigger discussion. Mm-hmm. But um, without that kind of being known, it just that was the only thing that irked me about it because it was such an intentional thing to have in the show. There are so many great actors from different uh, foreign movies that I've seen. So, you know, they're thrown together in this in this production. And yeah. I felt like there had to be something more to it to have such that that diverse setting. Like yeah. they could have easily done without it, but they chose to do it. So, you know, follow through. Mm-hmm. Really exciting. I mean, I, I love it. I'm glad that, you know, we were kind of concerned about Netflix um, in the spring and summer <laughs> and whether, you know what I'm saying? Like, they were saying, oh, Netflix has lost, you know, uh, market share and the, their stock price is going down and people aren't watching it and they don't, they're not coming up with anything interesting. Well, this fall and winter, they were like, here you go. And I'm very happy about it. So um, kudos, Netflix. Um, and um, I've been watching some other stuff on Netflix, too, that we'll talk about in the snobby short. But um, I finally, finally finally got to see um Wakanda forever yes ma'am so I have a I, but I have to put an asterisk on it okay okay my love my hubbums my lubum head he he knows that I love movies but I he also knows that I love going to movies with him but he doesn't like going to movies he doesn't like the cinema that much never really did and so he's like, oh, I know you've been wanting to see a movie. Like, let's go to the drive-in. You saw it at the drive-in? Saw it at the drive-in. Colleen. Huge mistake. <laughs> Colleen, no, why did you Huge do mistake. Oh. I was just so desperate to see it, and I wanted to see it with him, okay. you know? Let me back and- up. Just so the audience knows, I have a rule about drive-in theaters. You go to the drive-in, especially in Atlanta, we have the Starlight Drive-In theater Mm -hmm. it's old school you know everyone needs to at least experience it once yeah um but you go to they do have great popcorn system they they do excellent popcorn (laughs) but you go there to either see movies that you really don't care about that are kind of like um um just atmosphere or a movie you've already seen because there's so many distractions in the drive-in and it's not the opportune place to see a movie of this caliber for the first time. I'm going to be seeing it again, obviously, but um, (laughs) when you talk about distractions, I was so pissed because uh, there were pivotal scenes that took place at night. Yeah. And when you're in the drive-thru, let me, okay, guys, listen here, okay? When you go to a drive-in movie, you, obviously, when you're pulling into a movie, you have to have your lights on so you can see where you're going to park. But if you are pulling in and the movie has already started, turn your fucking lights off, and on top of that, Cicely, I was so mad because there were some idiots who once they parked, they kept their lights on. Yep. yep. That's why I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. And then I'm sitting here. I, I'm like, Harry, I'm about to get out of this car 
and knock on windows and be like, please turn your lights off, right? I remember, like, one car had their lights on from the beginning of the movie till at least 30 minutes in. The majority of the time, like, if it, if it was a scene that took place at night, I couldn't see anything. I just heard the voices and I saw the subtitles and that was it. And I was pissed off. So thank goodness I could hear and read, but I didn't get to see some of these beautiful visuals. For instance, the scene that took place on the ocean at night when they, when we were first introduced to, you know, it was a very, <laughs> that's important. Yeah. It's important. I knew what was happening because of the sounds and because of the subtitles. That was it. I, Harry and I couldn't oh see anything. And people, other people in other cars that had their lights off, I heard them screaming like, who the fuck? Like, they were like, whose light? Turn your lights off. And that they finally the turned the lights off. And, but it still didn't matter because unfortunately, where the Starlight Drive-In is, it's close enough to Hartsfield Airport that the residual um, uh, light in the in, in the in the atmosphere from the airport kind of takes away from the sharpness of of the of the screen. Yeah, yeah. It so does. it doesn't matter. And then you know, so it really didn't matter. So like you could see a little bit of glow from the airport lights in the sky, mm-hmm. and and that takes away from it too. And so when you turn off your lights, it's a little better, but it's not the same. And I was pissed. I was so pissed. But I can say that I understood the story. I got what people were saying. So I can talk on that. But some of these visuals that I really wanted to see, I wanted to see these costumes. I wanted to see that these people were actually blue. I didn't know they were blue (laughs) until midway into the movie. So two things, because I think we need to have a short at some point to talk about pet peeves of a movie going pet peeves. Cause I, I have a lot <laughs> that I could say, but you already covered uh, most of the ones with the drive in. And yeah, that's why you don't go to see anything that you're really trying to pay attention to and deserves your attention there because people are disrespectful as fuck. Mm-hmm. And they're, they, they just act like this is just like the worst thing is when people treat a movie theater or the drive-in um, as if this is their own personal living room. They talk uh, like, you know, they're just talking to anyone. They might as well be talking on the phone. They mm-hmm. just, uh, they're laughing like obnoxiously or just over the top at, you know, in their own little personal bubble, not being aware of, around about other people around them and stuff. And that's just my bi- biggest thing, like courtesy yeah, it's about courtesy. Yeah, it's like read the room a bit. I get that. Like, um, now I will say this: I like to sometimes, if I'm really moved by something, I like to be able to say out loud, "Oh hell no," or something like that, which you can do in your own car at the drive-in because mm-hmm. you're not going to disturb anybody else other than the person you might be in the car with. But if they understand how you watch movies. Like, yeah, it was me and my husband. He gets that I do that. Yeah, I get yeah. vocal. So I was, and you've got the sound. All of the sounds are like right there on the radio. So you could turn it up as loud as you want. So you won't miss any dialogue or any yeah. sounds or anything, which I love. I do love that. And thank God, because that was my saving grace for seeing this movie. 
and in you can the do that in driving. the theater for the appropriate movie, like for a comedy or something that is going to garner that type of response. Or right, so, yeah, like, like a, in a movie. in an open movie theater, it's about courtesy for everybody else because everybody hears and experiences movies in an open space differently. If yeah. you're if you're if you have something a little more private you know, something like that, you can have a little bit more flexibility in how you can react out loud to things. But yeah, girl, I was just like, the, the, it was pissing me off. <laughs> Harry was like, oh, you're mad. I'm sorry. I thought this was going to be a fun experience. Aww. I was like, don't you know, it's not your <laughs> fault. It's the fucking, you know, the idiot who pulled up to a drive-in and leave, and it was high beams. Yeah, that's, High a, beams. that's the worst. That is oh, during yeah. Wakanda forever. I was like, "What is going on?" Now I've been to that drive-in for several other movies, mm-hmm. and but like you said, they were kind of like action movies that you you know you kind of just don't care about a bit, but you're still you're entertained enough. You know what I mean? And was it annoying when certain people had their lights on? Sure, but you didn't care. Like I like you said, I just shouldn't have gone to see that movie the first time there so um i do yeah. want to speak on a little bit on the movie okay uh, on not necessarily on the movie yet but on a lot of the banter that i've been hearing or seeing on social media once the, the movie was released um in my observation too so this movie i think over across the board everyone loved it however there has been some talk <laughs> Um, amongst our people, especially, uh, where they were uh, a little disappointed with it or they were just feeling meh. Um, Now, I can understand there's a whole lot of um, hype and a whole lot of anticipation. And usually when that happens, someone's going to be disappointed. You can't please everyone. And and I think, you know, Black Panther was so monumental that it's, it takes a lot to really top that or to even give that same type of, um, um, excitement or bring that same type of excitement um with any sequel but what they were they seemed more disappointed by um the conversation was the lack of um the presence of a functional or healthy black family um more more so um black father figure or male lead um because if you see wakanda forever it's heavily heavily um um female strong leads in it and i think because it came off the tales of um the woman king which um is a very similar dynamic with um the dora malanji uh, warriors in wakanda you know there's a lot of those comparisons like well we just saw this so where's you know why do we have to see this type of dynamic again and i was really bothered by that because it it's kind of that same mentality where when someone's feeling like when, when the focus is on someone else, other people are like, well, well, where, where, where are we in this? Where are we? And I'm like, well, maybe this wasn't your story. Maybe this, this particular movie wasn't about that. Can, can you actually appreciate the actual story (laughs) that this movie had and, and not, try to write it in the vision that you would like it or understand the full dynamic of the story because in Black Panther you did have that unit and there 
things happen to it, <laughs> you know, and this is the outcome or the sequel to that. So it may not look the same. Um, but it was interesting to me that I saw that argument mainly from black males. Um, of course. Didn't really see, you know, a lot of uh, women or people of color, you know, or people of other <laughs> colors really point that out. So it's just one of these cultural things that I'm, you know, I'm not going to say trends, but things that um, I think I've been seeing more and more about when we have a lot of black girl magic, um, people are starting to feel like, well, what happens to our, you know, our black sons? What do mm. they get to look at to feel heroic and magical and strong? And forgetting that we've had a lot of references to that, not saying that it's enough and that it's no, we don't need anymore, but there's room for everything and for everyone. First of all, who are these? Okay. <laughs> Get on. Who are these people talking? Okay. Let me say, I understand on the surface where they might be coming from. They were, like you said, the first movie was just so groundbreaking in terms of black male leads. It was wonderful. Did Chadwick mean to die? No. You see what I'm saying? If he didn't die, not only his character, but him, the actor, if he didn't die, this movie would have been a sequel about him and his adventure. You see what I'm saying? And maybe in the future, Shuri would have gotten the chance to become Black Panther, but like, he didn't mean to die. But the way that he died and how he died not only shocked the 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 acting world it shocked the mcu because he was perfect the character his characterization of the black panther was perfect yeah and um is it tragic yes and what happens to in black families when tragedies happen the women step up yeah so the fact that and even let's just say Let's just say the roles were reversed and Black Panther was always supposed to be a Black woman. What would happen if the Black women and that Black woman, Black Panther died? The men would step up. It's just, it's a partnership. It's a family. That's what happens in all families. Yeah. And so the fact that you have, yeah, (laughs) people die. in the first one, or not Thank even you. in the first one, was that? It, and and specifically when it comes to African Americans, we also have to realize too, a lot, a lot of African cultures are matriarchal at their core. Yeah. Whereas here in the United States, we as African Americans, we are in a society that might be primarily patriarchal. And some of our men some of our black men may have bought into the idea of the patriarchy. And so their arguments come from that. But we are, there's a reason why we are African-American. Our, our families, a lot of our families have a strong matriarchal root, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. And it, it, it does, you know, kind of go against generally what the society here in the United States wants us to be. And so that's why we're having a lot of that discord right now between black men and black women and what the future of our family should look like and all this mess. 
The point is, is that the majority of the, the entire doggone army of Wakanda is run by women. All, what, the Dora Milaje is all women. What are we even talking about right now? Yeah, I guess it was just too many women for them. <laughs> like, what they, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was written that way in the Marvel Universe. So it's like, first of all, <laughs> calm, calm, calm your pecs, okay? <laughs> Secondly, um, when people die, a family grieves. There was, it was not just the family of the story. It was a family on that film set. Yeah, like all the all the all of the um, interviews that the director was doing, he was like, "Look, we we did not know this man was sick, so his death was shocking. It wasn't just shocking in his character; it was just shocking that he just he never even let on he was sick. And then looking back, you start to see things. You start to realize, oh, I guess, yeah, you know. But he he was like." All of us were shocked. He kept it from everybody, right? And so what do you do when a, when a what, what kind of story do you write when, some, when a death is so shocking? Yeah. I this is the that. story and it was needed. It was, it was catharsis. What they For, did was beautiful and I love beautiful. it. Just like make something up but they did allude to like oh he had this uh unexpected illness and perfect perfect no one could have done because no one really knew about it and i was like that was life that was exactly what happened from the perspective of his the mcu family literally (laughs) the director was like what in the world like he he had been writing he had to go back and rewrite the entire movie because he was ready to do the next you know, Black Panther yeah. 2 starring Chadwick. You know what I mean? Yeah. And suddenly he's gone. So what do you do? And I kind of felt like Shuri's character, I felt like the director's voice was literally talking through her. Hmm. Yeah. I felt like that was him and what he wanted to do. And he was like, I haven't, I, maybe if I could do this, if I could make this magic happen again if i could bring this magic back i can save him yeah but it wasn't about saving you know t'challa it was about saving the black panther and saving what made the entire wakandan culture so so unique right and reaffirming what it meant to be wakandan because she was trying to bring back something that was old. And I, I know we're going, we're kind of jumping a bit, but when it came to her character development, I loved, I was so happy that the ancestor that she saw in the ancestral plane was old boy. Yeah. I loved that. I was so happy when I saw him. I clapped, I was screaming. It was great because even though, yes, he, he, he took what he was saying a bit too far, he was like, look, you have to do. He wasn't just talking about defeating, um, oh boy, N- Namor, right? He wasn't mm-hmm. just talking about that. He was talking about, look, 
you're going to have to be Black Panther, but in order to do that, you're going to have to do the hard work. And the hard work is taking time to grieve and really sitting down and grieving. And, and you know, she almost killed Namor in the process, but she got to that, right? Yeah. And I loved that so much because after, look, we lost over a million people in this country to COVID, right? We lost all these people all these children to mass shootings, all these, all these black people in the church and at that grocery store to these mass shootings, to these evil people, right? Or these crazy circumstances that no one could, could control. We as a nation, we have been grieving a lot, whether it's personal or whether it's just all of us in society. And so this movie was perfect it came out at the perfect time, and it just so happened that it, it happened to come about because we lost a beloved actor and character called Chadwick Boseman, but I think the movie was beautiful. Was, yeah. it, was, it, was it the, the groundbreaking uh, movie like the first one? No, but it was necessary to move the MCU forward. And I loved it. I loved all of it. Namor is hot. <laughs> and I, like the, the people that are making these memes and these TikToks and these reels about going into the water with him and stuff, I'm cracking up. <laughs> I'm crying. And then let me ask you this, patriarchy bros out there. What about M'Baku? M'Baku is an amazing masculine male black male character why are y'all just tossing him to the side I mean, like we all want more of him but come on now what did they what did they say on twitter like there was a i don't know who it was newsweek or one of these um online magazines they were like mbaku is the girth god and all this stuff i'm like yo hold on <laughs> I said they did not call this man the girth god. People talking about I'm trying to get mm, back shots from Mr. Mbaku and all this. Look, we love him. He is a strong male supporting character. But maybe it's because he is a supporting character and not yeah, like that was you it. know, like we gotta stop this. Like we we all of us, men and women, we gotta stop this because power and growth and protagonizing actions and all that stuff, it has no gender, it has no pronouns. Stories of what it means to be human can be, you, you can get a, a, a real human story from any gender, but you have to allow yourself to see the humanity in everybody. But if you can't see that, you're losing out on the beauty of all that humanity has to offer and all that these stories have to offer. Yes, this was a more feminine leaning, had a more feminine energy to this, to this movie, but it was necessary. Because what happens when you grieve? You want people to nurture you and your grief. This was a nurturing... <clears throat> that also offered some amazing action sequences. Like, come on, it was great. And the sound design, these sounds were nuts. 
And I, I can say that because most of the time the screen was fucking black. So I can, you know, have a whole different experience the next time you watch. Please I can't watch wait. I will. I but can't I wait. Shift it a little bit to kind of just talk about um, some of the highlights from the movie instead of more of the banter yeah. behind it. Um, so for me, I um, I really, I really, really, really was loving um, Ironheart's story. The fact that they oh yes, her, uh, her character there, and I I was trying to remember because I re- I recall. Um, hearing about her character a couple of years ago and I couldn't remember where I remember it was from like some animation and I think my daughter was watching it and I believe it was one of the like a Spider-Man um series mm-hmm. um so I was vaguely familiar with her character and kind of forgot about it until this movie and was so so happy to see see her and see just like I just like, I mean, you know me and the, the little scientists and stuff. I like little brainy black girls, you know, mm-hmm. like nerdy, uh, seeing that side of us um, more and more, which, you know, we probably started seeing a couple of years ago from um, the movie about uh, the mathematicians and, uh, and all four, what was that movie? About the astronauts going to the moon and going mm-hmm. to the moon. Please don't leave me hanging. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Uh, the astronauts going to the moon. Yeah, and, and the women that were really behind. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 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 why can't I think of the name? What is it called? Something about, yeah, those three women and they helped yeah, NASA. Y'all know. Um, y'all know yeah. So I love mm-hmm. when I see that and in that, uh, in that, um, in that kind of, to me, um, of course, you know, it's playing right against um, opposite Shuri's character, who was already that, and mm-hmm. there, and she's filling in that um, hole that Iron Man and <laughs> Tony mm-hmm. Stark and his brilliance also um, left. So I just loved her character, and I really, really loved the story of um, Namor and his people and kind of the background behind it and the world that they had and you know made me more curious like i want to know more what can they do and all this other stuff but um those were and just just having you know these very similar cultures that really were (laughs) you know namor is was the embodiment of shuri's grief you know Mm -hmm. like he basically got to a point he was so old and and so, you know, live so long and has, have seen so much tragedy um, with his people that he he was just full of hate. He could not love. Yeah. And he could only, uh, of course, he was only trying to protect his people. But once um, there was a threat to his people, he's like, well, we must conquer. <laughs> we yeah. must, you know, destroy before we get, de- uh, we are destroyed. And so mm-hmm. that's where Shuri was leading with her, her rage and, and all from all the loss that she had. So, you know, basically that character was a mirror um, mm-hmm. that she, she finally realized and could see that we can make a different choice and hopefully, um, you know, shine a mirror on him as well. Mm-hmm. So, but just having these like two very, very strong communities and, yeah. And, and all that they really could do in this world, but all the, what they choose not to do. I think that's a very powerful message that yeah. gets over. I, I mean, the story of 
the, the interesting thing, the only difference between those two cultures was colonization. Wakanda never allowed colonization to happen, right? Mm -hmm. Because they used the, the heart-shaped herb and whoever, the, well, they mentioned him, the very first Black Panther uh, and his discovery. Yeah, Bachinga, like how he was able to create this, this shining beacon on the hill, essentially, right? And keep everyone else out. Whereas Namor's people were almost pushed out in a way. Um, and then because of colonization, not just, well, first it was, they, they took of the herb because they knew the, colon, the colonizers were already killing them with the smallpox and everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like they took that stuff and it made them go to the safety of the sea, right? Um, so in a way it did save the culture, but it also ostracized and, and kind of set them apart to where they were kind of in a no man's land, right? Yeah. Um, and the original land where they were, they couldn't save that because the Spaniards took it over. Um, that was the main difference, right? Whereas Cherie had her original home to go to. She, like she, that everybody in Wakanda, no one knows from Wakanda what it was like. That was, um, that was Killmonger's whole thing in the first movie. Yeah. You don't know what it's like. You have all these amazing technical advances and all this. You could have saved the diaspora and you chose not to. Why? Right? And so here comes Namor. He wanted to save the diaspora, but in order to save them, they had to leave. Yeah. Did he want to leave? No, like, you know, like his mother didn't want to leave. They, he went back to the surface to bury her on the land that she missed. You know what I mean? So like, that's, that's also where his, like you said, that no love, his Namor, Namor comes from, right? Um, I gotta say, if someone doesn't give Angela Bassett oh my God, yeah. an Oscar, like that little but, monologue yeah. she did, <laughs> Come on, like t tomorrow, t tonight. Give it to her tonight. Like that monologue she did. Like, you, like she kicked, or where? When she kicked out, um, uh, oh girl from the door as a captain oh, of the door. Oh yeah, that too. And she was like, she was like, please, like, don't kick me out. Don't, don't strip me of my rank. Like I've given everything for Wakanda. She was like, let me remind you that when it came to me and my family, she's like, me and my family are Wakanda and you chose to sit behind Killmonger and not us. When he kicked us out and burned up all of the, you know, the heart-shaped herb and stuff, you were defending him. Yeah. You yeah. know? And you want to sit up here. Yeah, like I, you talk about you sacrificed everything. I've sacrificed everything. My whole family's gone. But when she said that, when she said that, it reminded me of um, uh, who was the young man down in Florida that um, Zimmerman shot? Uh, Trayvon. It reminded me of Trayvon Martin's mother. Mm -hmm. She was like, look, my family's gone. 
Like my, my child is gone. Right. And it, that as an African-American woman, that rang true to me yeah. because I was just like, oh, my God, like that is that is the cry from our black mother's hearts. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you say you hear what I'm saying. But when push comes to shove, so many times the people that we reach out to to try to help us and save us, they take the side of white supremacy. They take the side of whatever for the sake of keeping the status quo, right? And so it was like you felt for Denai's character, but you also felt for Angela's character too. So it was just like, oh my God, yeah. I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. I was like, ooh, that's powerful. Let's that go. Was, that was a really powerful moment. Um, mm-hmm. I, I loved that moment and I, I really loved um, how she handled herself at the UN when everyone's like trying to attack her. About, yeah, exactly. You know, Wakanda and and you need to share your resources and this and that. And you were like, I ain't got to do shit. Yeah. You like, we ain't got to do shit. <laughs> like, I'm seeing what y'all do when you make allies with people. No, we're, we're good, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's, that but good. I'm glad, I'm glad that they didn't kill off ne- Namor either. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully we'll see him on some other stuff in the future. But I'm, I'm just excited in general for the future of the Marvel universe, the fact that he mentioned that Namor mentioned that he's a mutant. Yes, yes. And he's Let's go. now legally um, because of, you know, um, I, I don't even get into all that. But, I know, know with the whole Sony I, mess I, and the, yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, that, that got me excited because I'm like, finally, we can actually start doing things right, hopefully. Yes, thank God. Like, I really hope that they do X-Men right because X-Men as a whole an entire storyline deserves like the Captain America treatment and the Black Panther treatment. Like it deserves that, you know, and not just starting over and over and over again, you know? Yeah. Um, what I'm also interested in speaking of how the MCU is heating up and getting real interesting. Did you see, I know what you're going to say, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You saw Miss Minutes. Yeah. Tweeting um Deadpool. I said, girl, I said, wait a minute now. <laughs> Hold on now. What? <laughs> and oh my God, speaking of Miss Minutes, please. I let me let me say once again, because everybody who listens to Real Snobs knows I love my husband very much. He is the he is the man of my dreams. If for whatever reason, in another universe, in another timeline. Give me Kang the Conqueror. <sighs> give me this. Ma- give me Jonathan Majors any day being a villain, please. I was so excited to see his face. Oh my I, God, I, please mess stuff up because, man, that trailer, that teaser trailer for Ant Man. Yeah. Listen, Jonathan, see, I see. When we get into stuff, Cicely, (laughs) when Black people get into stuff, we fuck shit up for everybody else. I'm sorry. And even if any, anybody of color, anybody of color, when we get into something, we 
mess it up for everybody else. <laughs> In the good Please. <laughs> I, I can't remember right now the, the actor's name who plays Namor killed it. Yeah, yeah. Like, like without hesitation, uh, just, you would never know this man never knew how to swim before this movie. Like, come on. That's a come on. An actor. And I remember seeing him on Narcos. And I, I remember seeing him and how striking he was. I was like, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I said, hold on. This is a, a beautiful brown Mexican brother. Who is this? And then I see him again. I'm like, I know this face from somewhere. Girl, please. Please. The Mayans were messing them up, girl. <laughs> I said, please, let me get one of these water masks. Them water masks were fire. I loved and it all. The costume with the one of the women when they were on that bridge with in Boston. Like girl! girl. Yes! It was fierce. fierce. Gorgeous. Gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. Character design. Gorgeous. Costumes. Gorgeous. Everything. Their blue skin. Oh, I lived. I lived. All of it. I said, let me explain something. Let me. I'm, I'm pacing now. Listen, when you give us the reins to direct something, you know what I'm saying? My man, he did the thing with both these movies. Yeah, he really did. You know? Nakia, I, I loved her in the first movie, loved her in this movie. Everybody. Everybody. I'm not going to say this because it's the one little nugget that could spoil things for people that I feel mm-hmm. like let's le- let them have that, but I liked I liked her storyline that to me explained why she was not part of um, the Infinity Wars because I used to wonder that like where was she and, like mm-hmm. why wasn't she around and this and that and and they really wrapped that up well like that kind of small little curiosity or mystery that really didn't have to be addressed any. But they yeah. did, and and you know what has developed for her. I really yes. love that they did that, and I love the fact that she she saw the vision of the in in the first movie. She always saw the vision for the future of Wakanda, yeah. right? And Wakanda being an international ally to all Black people across the diaspora, and the fact that she essentially stationed herself in Haiti. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. I said, y'all see, I said, see, this is why. I just, I can't wait. I need all kinds of people of color. Let me explain something one more time. I know we're, we, I keep going on tangents. When you give us opportunities, all we need is a little bit of opportunity to make amazing stories, to tell our stories. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I know that, you know, uh, Black Panther is a Marvel character and all this stuff, but it is a story that resonates with the Black diaspora, right? And not only that, it resonates with other cultures. Uh, anybody who's dealt with colonization and all this kind of stuff, come on, amazing stuff. Uh, the Koreans are out here killing it. Mm. Killing it with movies, and 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 um, episodic series out here, killing it. This movie that came out last year that we didn't get to talk about, um, 
everything everywhere all at once oh yeah yeah girl that oh how do you you know what when i saw that i was thinking like how do i even begin to talk about this movie i can't i don't know if i can this is what i'm saying genius squid games genius like come on now come through yeah and i'm just i need more i want even more i really do like i'm i'm let's go because we're on a roll now so let's um i guess wrap this up with our good old rating system oh it's a it's a large with the butter and all yeah all the (laughs) i'm putting milk duds in it all oh you got fancy yeah girl no listen it's it's an excellent movie it is not a disappointment by any means whether you might be more partial to the first movie in terms of story whatever this is a movie that is necessary for our time right now. Yeah, I I completely agree. It did not disappoint. Um, I understand why some people want to feel like it did, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, There's but always yeah. going to be people that, you know. You know it's going to be someone, but it definitely is a large buttered popcorn, probably a refill necessary because it's almost three hours. But yeah, yeah it, is. <laughs> it, was, it was. But you know what's interesting? Mm-hmm. It was almost three hours, but it didn't feel like it, it to me. It did not. I really not. wanted more. Like I was, there were some scenes where I was like, maybe it wasn't necessary to show it. It could have been uh, shorter, but I was yeah. okay to be honest. Like that's like, okay. Late too. I think we uh, caught. It was like a the movie probably started like ten forty. Mm, got out yeah. at one a.m. and that, you know I was struggling a little bit with mm-hmm. with the sleep, but it, the movie was worth it and. Um, you're right. It didn't feel that long. It obviously felt like the long, lengthy Marvel movies that we are accustomed to. But the good thing is, Marvel has been doing things right that I don't mind long, lengthy Marvel movies because they're entertaining. And yeah. you know that even the ones that I may not be as interested in are important for the the overall um, story and continuity. So I'm going to watch it. One last thing I'm going to mention, honorable mention about this movie. Mm-hmm. I love how they continue to tie in some of the Disney Plus series action with these movies. Mm-hmm. So like when they brought in this, I can't remember the guy, CIA agent man. Yeah. I didn't realize he was married to old girl at one point. Well, that was, no, that was the, I think that was revealed in this movie. Like well, that that's what I'm saying because they revealed to... it in this movie. Because I was like, when we were watching the um, the uh, the new what's the new guy, the new Captain America, black guy. Yeah, the Falcon. Yeah, the Falcon and and um, the Winter Soldier. Yeah. When we were watching that series. She was all through the series, kind of like pulling evil strings and, and nefarious strings throughout mm-hmm. the series and I'm like who is this like, she, why was, is she... she was in Doctor Strange if I can remember I think yeah she was towards the end and I was like why is she so important to this whole thing and then when I saw that she was kind of like they're setting her up for the new phase as like the government official that's against everybody you know what I mean I was like yeah. okay I love where this is going I think it's going to be great and a perfect person to be casted most Cass- question are what are you cooking something? Yes, I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I had to get up and do stuff. I couldn't just sit. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm like, like something I'm making, sizzling. I'm making more cookies. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm baking more cookies. Carry on, please. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but basically, like, 
her character in Veep was such an antagonistic hero kind of character. Yeah. She's perfect for this. I'm so happy with the casting when it came Yeah, out. that was a nice surprise. Yeah, it was a surprise. And I honestly think she kind of stole, you know, she kind of stole the scene from old, old boy, who we all love. You know, he's he's Wakanda's favorite white guy besides the Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. You know, but... We all love her sass. Yeah, we love him. We love him. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what comes next. Um, specifically in the Black Panther um, storyline. And yeah, I mean, it's going to be great. Going forward, it's going to be amazing. So, thumbs up all around for Black Panther. Yes, go see it, please. But don't see it at the Starlight Drive-In. No. <laughs> no unless you've already seen it. <laughs> please don't. I did it the wrong way, in the wrong I, order. I did, but I enjoyed my date with my love, so that was well, nice. Well, that's what that's what counts yeah <laughs> all right guys well we hope that you enjoyed our opinion tonight about uh wakanda forever and whatever else we've been watching so uh, catch us you know wherever you listen to podcasts and you can find us on anchor spotify itunes all those great things we're on instagram facebook twitter there's always something around yes <laughs> that- we yeah. have our hands into so until next time good night good night